So, this is so exciting. Our book is out. Can you believe this? Our book is out. It's I, finally out. I mean, after all these years, all that hard work, all the editing, all that talking. Well, it wasn't all these years. Well, it's like, been three. Like, really two. Really two. But, you know, we started the Twitter almost three years ago today. And so then, you know, did when we started it, did you think we were going to have a book? No, I did not. Yeah. But now we do. And I think that yes. people should go get it. They should go get it. And I think that I think if you like this podcast, you like our Twitter, you're definitely going to like the book. But it's definitely different. The book is more meaty. The book, the book, there's a lot going on in the book. Yeah. I think that everybody should get the book at your local bookstore. Thank you for saying that. Please shop at your local bookstore. Sure, you can get it on a website, but the best place to get it is just go down the street and there's got to be a cool bookstore near you. And maybe you should give it as a gift to, mm-hmm. you know, that cancer in your life or that Scorpio. There's nothing hotter than giving this book as a gift. Mm-hmm. With with the part that you want them to read highlighted. That's right. Or like a tab on it. Oh, yeah. That would totally get me. Yeah, and you know, so we think you're going to like our book. And also you can go to astropoetsbook.com Dot com and find out more about where to get it. Um, anyway, we're so excited. So now on to the show. This is Melissa Broder reading for John, who begs me not to inquire further by Anne Sexton. Not that it was beautiful, but that in the end, there was a certain sense of order there. Something worth learning in that narrow diary of my mind in the commonplaces of the asylum, where the cracked mirror or my own selfish death outstared me. And if I tried to give you something else, something outside of myself, you would not know that the worst of anyone can be, finally, an accident of hope. I tapped my own head. It was glass, an inverted bowl, It is a small thing to rage in your own bowl. At first it was private. Then it was more than myself. It was you or your house or your kitchen. And if you turn away, because there is no lesson here, I will hold my awkward bowl with all its cracked stars shining like a complicated lie and fasten a new skin around it as if I were dressing an orange or a strange sun. Not that it was beautiful, but that I found some order there. There ought to be something special for someone in this kind of hope. This is something I would never find in a lovelier place, my dear. Although your fear is anyone's fear, like an invisible veil between us all, and sometimes in private, My kitchen, your kitchen, my face, your face. Sagittarius. Hi, I'm Dorothea, and I'm an Aries, and this is the Astro Poets Podcast. 
Today we have a very special guest with us, a poet that we love, a person that we love. Um, she is a Virgo with a Scorpio moon. Um, it's sad rising. Sad rising. Uh, um, very much like me, except Aries and Virgo are not the same. Yeah, except definitely entirely herself. <laughs> the amazing Melissa Broder, um, author of So Sad Today, The Pisces. You probably know her on Twitter um, as So Sad Today and as Melissa Broder. I mean, you have many personas. I do. Yeah. Multifaceted. <laughs> You've done a lot of things. Should we read her bio? That, I mean, should yeah. we? Should I... Melissa Broder is the author of the novel The Pisces, the essay collection So Sad Today, and four books of poems, including Last Sext. Her next novel, Milk Fed, will be out from Scribner in 2021. Her writing has appeared in the New York Times, Elle, Vogue Italia, Vice, The Cut, Poetry Magazine, Guernica, a bunch of places. And what you should know is that she lives in L.A., Though she used to live in New York. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For a long time. Right? I did. Do you still feel like a New Yorker? Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think I've gotten maybe like one person, like 0.05% more relaxed and maybe like <laughs> 0.75% stupider, which is welcome. I'm like, dumb me down. Yeah. Dumb me all the way the down. Less consciousness, the better. Honestly, I have more than enough of an exam in life. Yeah. I don't really need to be woke, honestly. I would just rather be asleep. That's funny because LA, you think of having heightened consciousness. Isn't that their whole thing? Isn't L.A. about understanding everything? I think, you know, existence has, like, never been my first choice. <laughs> like, reality's just, like, never been my thing. It's never it's never been, like, an easeful experience. And when I was um, 21, I moved to San Francisco from the East Coast, kind of believing that I could, like, if I could live amongst the chill that I could sort of osmotically <laughs> become chill. And um, I brought myself with me. So th this time when I moved to Los Angeles, this second move to the West Coast, I was completely disabused of the notion that, you know, I could somehow um, transform in a way that that starts on the outside. <laughs> So yes. you know, you just know what's up now. You're like not not you're not looking for like that higher consciousness that you were before. I know that I don't know. Yeah. And I honestly, that's one thing I like about myself. Like if you had to say, what do you like about yourself? I love I like knowing that I don't know, mm. like the humility of a beginner's mind. Yeah. There's so much knowing. <laughs> well, especially now. So much knowing. God, 2019. Everyone just knows everything. There's a lot of knowing. People are doing a lot of knowing. So, as usual, we're going to start by taking a look at the poem um, Melissa read at the top, the Sexton poem. And then Melissa has brought in her birth chart. So we're going to talk about that, break it down a little bit or a lot, depending on what she wants. And then we're going to ask Melissa some juicy questions <laughs> that we want answers to. So they're going to be so juicy, like L.A. juicy, if you know what I mean. You know, Like, like depression extra, juicy. Like, uh, no, I only but, uh, like juicy. Yeah, I don't juice. want... <laughs> Not no small talk. I'm like, give me sex, death, yeah. existence, and yeah. who like, are you sleeping with? Have you bought your trauma. burial plot? Like, have you bought your burial plot? Um, I think I'm. I've chosen cremation. Me too. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna be. Cremated. Oh my god, we've yeah. all chosen cremation. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Wow. But I, th I think it's a racket. The the burial thing is a racket. It's, I'm, yeah. It's like tens of thousands of dollars just to rot in the ground. I and mean, why not just be burned up and in the air? It's gonna happen anyway. That's my view. 
Totally. I'm glad we got here so fast. <laughs> well, my husband was like, I want... Can we, will you like maybe like mix your ashes with mine? And I was like, well, I, I'll do like half my ashes with you, but then I also need like half my ashes to be like in other places. Like even my ashes get like a little bit like claustrophobic with genuine intimacy, which I guess is Sagittarius. That's a Sagittarius. Yeah, yeah me death. too. Yeah. Cause my idea is I want my ashes to be captured in blocks of lucite and I'd like to have some mystical number of the amount of those blocks like maybe 99 or something like that and then I want them to be given to people that really actually liked me so I'll Would make I a get list one? well we'll see no but then ideally they would wear it yeah but <laughs> but it's like people could wear it as a necklace you know, so they can take me with them, and but th- so they'd have to really like me. That's such an that. Aries thing, like to want people to, <laughs> to still dominate. carry you in in like living people to carry you in death. I like don't give a fuck. I just want my ashes to be somewhere like over water in the ocean, as far away from people who I never liked as possible. Yeah, well, it's one of the reasons why like I've cho- I've I've chosen cremation, which I feel good about. Like I'm like, all right, at least one thing. Like I've got, I do know one thing. <laughs> I I sometimes I think about my funeral and trepidation like I don't like birthday parties I don't want to have to think about who's coming yeah you know what I'm saying I don't have to worry about yes. anyone showing yeah. up so the lucite plan I think I would start to get very obsessive about like what if there aren't ninety nine yeah yeah you know exactly. maybe there should just be nine. Well, I think you yeah. should do 99 because, I mean, you're like a super loving person. And listen, no, I think <laughs> m- also you have many students. I think there's like a lot. And I'm not just saying this. I actually think there are more than 99 human beings who would love to wear you around. <laughs> I don't know about that. Like, as Maybe for I- me... <laughs> Unclear. That's not true. I'm sure Actually, there's like nine I think million. You have like yeah. nine million. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure all kinds of yeah, like so Are you many. Kidding? You need more than ninety nine. You you have like nine million gay boys alone, Melissa. <laughs> oh, and then there's like all of the other teen girls, but. <laughs> Like, honestly, if I could have 99 carrying a little piece of me around, that's all I've ever saw in the world anyway. May- maybe that yours can be in the shape of, like, a dick. That would be beautiful. Well, why, not yeah. make dil- why not make ashes dildos then? Like, you know, like you that get... That is so... Wow. Wait, so where would the ashes be in the dildo? It's like a lucite thing, so it would just be trapped in the lucite. Oh, that's very hygienic. You can make yeah. any, any shape you okay. want. Yeah. That's really hot, actually. Can we do this ash? Poets merch with like we could, yeah could it be like uh, so it's like a sex toy in the shape of a sign with our ashes in it I don't want to die though I want to make the money on the dildos I know I mean that's that really is the the rub as they say yeah maybe sure. we can have a piece of our hair in the dildo and then anyone who really wants to like can just... or just how about some skin like exfoliation and just some well, sort of some DNA will be in the in the astrology dildo well we're like yeah. regarding this poem when you just said a piece of hair like i can see why this poem might okay yeah. so like one time i asked someone who i had a crush on for three years online but basically just on their avatar like completely my image of this person right like nothing to do with the reality if they could send me a lock of their hair and oh, i think they I were like that. terrified and i've been having a relationship in my mind with them for like three years yeah. she's such a virgo <laughs> no but that's scorpio moon because I, yes. I would i would go it's there creepy also. yeah i love creepy so what yeah. happened so um they were like okay what's your address and then like didn't send it and then like oh. got a girlfriend and i was like kind of relieved like i was like okay now 
But um, I feel like that's that's very Anne. And I also think in this poem, too, like, you know, like John is already begging her not to inquire further, you know, and she's but she's going deep in the fantasy like she she's letting us know she's letting John know that she knows like and yet she is having a like a complete relationship and it's it's all about her that's the other thing too right because like Mm. how much of who we love is is ever really about them very little a tiny percentage I'm glad we all know that yeah I think that we've talked about this before there's like an obsessive you know quality to like writing a poem and you kind of have to be obsessed with something so it's like do you ever really know the thing you're obsessed with Probably not. You know, it's like... A, just Otherwise, a, you wouldn't be obsessed with it. Yeah, because it would let you down, you know, so it has to be something that you can't ever fully figure out. Which, totally. Well, you have to be able to get high off it. And mm-hmm. it's, like, very hard to get high off the person that you, like, live with and are like, yo, can you go buy toilet paper? <laughs> you know, like, can you microwave me a yam? I'm on my way home. You know what I'm saying? This is a nice person that's microwaving you yams and getting toilet my husband's paper. A ver- he's a lovely man. Her husband is wonderful. I never write poems about him. <laughs> um, I, but Wait, what sign is he? Because He's a Capricorn. Oh, yeah, I knew this. Virgo yeah. Cap makes it's so much a, sense. Oh, it's right, good. Matt. Like, never leave the house. Yeah, Yeah, no, it's good. But, like, I'm not going to be writing poems about him. But then there are, like, the magic people who don't really exist. And, like, like, it's like if I can see someone as magic, I can get a poem out of it. And also... If they like me, then maybe I can be magic too. Mm-hmm. You know, like I need that. We need that distance, that yes. illusion mm-hmm. for me, at least, in order to like even seek, even desire. So, like, I'm guessing that Anne, like, probably didn't know John like super well. Mm-hmm. May maybe they fucked. I don't know. I don't know what the actual yeah. situation was, but like clearly, John like. Like, he's not texting back, so to speak. <laughs> he's ghosting. He's not yes. calling back. He's ghosting. No. He's not, no. Which he's is not, providing Anne with, like, he's not, he's not such like, fertile ground for, for you know, the poem. romantic obsession and the poem. Yeah. I was going to say, he's not even not texting back. He's, like, blocked her number. He's blocked. <laughs> yeah. He's blocked her. <laughs> Which is just, you know, now if John wasn't blocking her, and if he wanted to have, like, a sort of really get to know each other, like, go to dinner, like... I'm guessing he's. She's probably been in the kitchens with him like less than three times. Yeah. <laughs> if he was always in her kitchen, the poetry about him would cease. She wouldn't care. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's all about the unattainable, of course. Yeah. yeah. And Anne Sexton started writing poems after she sort of like went to therapy, was having a breakdown, and the therapist was sort of like, "Hey, want to write some poems?" Or like, "Do you think you should?" And wasn't she a model also, Anne Sexton? Mm-hmm. Yeah, she was a model. Mm-hmm. And then she had this amazing husband, maybe kind of like yours, who kind of did everything for her. Yeah, he, he she didn't even really have to sweet. work. He took after her. She, like, had her breakdowns, and he was like, okay, and, well, anyway. I wish we knew the sign of Anne Sexton's husband. We're really not prepared here. Well, because... he doesn't even matter. She's okay. the star. All right. You know? Um, okay, well, I yeah, work, we're... and my husband washes the underwear. That's sort of uh, how it, yeah. A Capricorn washes underwear? Yeah, he's, um, he's a really great, like... He's a great housewife. Oh, wow. You have the dream. Aww. Can I? I want a house husband, too. Maybe you need a Capricorn. But I also would like a house, like, twink. Yes, a <laughs> house boy. A pool boy. Do you have a pool? 
Uh, no. But, but you can have... I have a float, though, in the shape of a coffin. I know. I saw that on Instagram. <laughs> you look really comfortable in it. I, listen. I think death's going to be great for you. It's a wonder... <laughs> Honestly, I'm ready. I'm ready today, and I don't care how it happens, but I want quick and painless. Right. Well, here's a question. Do you believe in the afterlife? Do you believe in hell? Um, I don't have a lot of beliefs. Mm. Um, I have a lot of sort of peacefully abiding questions, if that makes sense. Like, I'm not searching, actively searching for answers now, but I sort of, I'm like, I'm very, like, I'm living in the questions, baby. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's good, because we can't know. We can't know. Yeah. Well, I have to say, too, I have to say. Do you believe in hell? Oh, well, I, um, I think I'm a little bit like Melissa, but also unlike Melissa. So I'm like Melissa in that I'm always questioning, but um, maybe unlike Melissa, I don't know, maybe you're like this too, but I do go through periods where I obsessively do believe something. And then, of course, that's something just like a person ends up disappointing you and I let go of that belief. Um, I have believed in hell before because I was raised Catholic and... I think that the thing that I've taken from Catholicism is the amazing iconography, right? Like the aesthetics. But I think one thing that I really love about your work, just in general, in your poems, in your fiction, is that you you hold that not knowingness so beautifully that it becomes itself a kind of knowing. Knowing that you don't know is really important. Something that we talked about at the top of the show. And I think that we don't have enough of that today. Everybody Mm. just knows. It's sort of like none of us know anything. How about that? You remember you tweeted one time when there was some sort of eclipse or something and you were like, this should show us that we don't know anything. You know, it is really true. When you think of the earth, it's really clear that all of our ideas about stuff are pretty silly. Yeah. We're just constantly anxious and thinking that we should know something. But maybe 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 it's okay not to know anything. Yeah. I don't think we know anything. Yeah. Yeah. I know you do because I think that, too. This is why we're friends. (laughs) And and yeah. Well, yeah. So So we're all friends with Melissa. Okay, so we're all just not knowing anything. I'm glad we're here talking on this podcast. <laughs> so I'm glad for the well, listeners. Well, it's like your book, Awe. Yeah. There's no space for awe. That's if, true. If it's all figured out. Exactly. You know? Yeah. Oh, I'm so glad she's on this show. <laughs> so Melissa is actually going to talk to us a little bit about her astrology journey, mm-hmm. which... Um, I, I mean, I've been friends with Melissa for a while now. I think I know a little bit, but it's really good. Just to say, looking at her birth chart, Melissa's a Virgo sun with a Scorpio moon. Her Mercury is in Leo. Okay, mm-hmm. that's why she's so glamorous. Um, <laughs> and her Venus is in Virgo. Her Mars is in Cancer. We should keep in mind that her partner is a Capricorn. Yeah, well, and that that really makes a lot of sense because your Venus is like the sign of like who you love. It's also your aesthetic. So I think that's why you can be so meticulous and precise on whether it's in your work and having so many details. I feel like that's very Venus and Virgo. And also the way that she looks. I mean, I don't think I've ever seen Melissa look bad. It's always like so put together. Yeah, that's well, like Virgo energy. I but and being a Virgo, I think that makes a lot of sense. But, but tell us about your astrology journey, Melissa. Oh yes, okay, yeah. So when I was nineteen, I went through a breakup, um, and I fell into sort of this hole of it was basically consisted of weed twenty four hours a day, 
fake cheese product, like only consuming fake cheese mm. product and candy. Like Cheetos? Um, yes, and also like a like an easy cheese realm or mm. like a cheese a whiz. Like I just <laughs> it was basically so I was just high all the time. Fake cheese product, and I started studying astrology because I wanted to try to manipulate the universe either into bringing this person back into my life or to just get all the love. You know Mm -hmm. what I'm saying? Like, how was I? I wanted it was a figuring out. Mm. So, okay. So I was like, all right, I'm going to manipulate the universe into like giving me the love Mm -hmm. and like getting it. Well, so over the so I really learned a lot. I mean, I went deep in it and I. I know all the bait, like I know all the basics. I can. So over the years, I feel like my spirituality has sort of shifted to where um, it's less about me trying to control and manipulate and figure out and more about like acceptance Mm -hmm. or like the attempt to, I mean, acceptance and letting go, which is like, you know, it's a life's work. I mean, I, I, you know, wake up every day tightly clutching. But, but like you were saying, as someone who was raised Catholic, right? Like there's probably still part of you that might fear hell. So while I don't, I, while I'm like, well, you know, do I believe in astrology? I don't know. But um, if I meet an Aries dude, you know, I'm going to run, you know, <laughs> I, would too. I would totally run from an Aries dude. Yeah. It's ingrained. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just once we learn certain things. Yes. Y- yeah. I feel that way, too. Totally. You know, you, there's certain things that once they're ingrained in us, we can't let them go no matter how much work we've done on Earth trying to let them go. I think this is a good thing. Like when people say, like, is astrology real? You know, is this thing real? I think once we kind of accept an idea as being part of reality, then it may as well be if we you know put that out there then it is real absolutely i mean it's like what we believe is real right yeah exactly and so and it's archetypes like i love a fucking archetype yeah. i'm a poet Me you too. know yeah. um i love an archetype but we were talking about the afterlife i kind of think like what you believe is the afterlife that is the afterlife mm-hmm. at least until until otherwise mm-hmm. you know and yeah. like Human beings, you know, we all, we need these, we look for these systems and categorizations. And astrology is really fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's yeah. less scary than Catholicism, I think. I mean, it's certainly for me, it's been more fun. Um, after the break, we're going to talk with Melissa about her relationship to the internet, her relationship to romantic obsession, and everything in between. So stay tuned. So before the break, we were talking about the afterlife, and I think a great thing to attach to it is the internet. And I wanted to talk a little bit with Melissa about, well, the fact that you sort of are kind of an internet superstar sensation, whatever you want to call it. I wanted to ask you, like, how how has the internet changed in terms of how it's fit into your life? I mean, you sort of blew up with So Sad Today, and then that continues to grow. But, like, what's your relationship to the internet? It's definitely a very addictive one. I feel really like I have a lot of shame that I still tweet from so sad today. I'm just like, isn't this done yet? You know, but like every day I'm confronted with, an, you know, with with uh, I'm like a sieve. Like I'm basically like all like the, the positive drains out and then I'm left with self-doubt and um, low self-esteem. So Sounds it's like familiar. I, there's always right. And so it's like, OK, well, I could process a negative feeling or I could, like, tweet about it and get a bunch of dopamine. So I'm like, I'm going to go with B, <laughs> you know. But um, but recently, I guess the past maybe, like, 
I don't know, four or five months, I've been, I'll, I'll write my tweets, like I, but I won't tweet them right away. And I'll, I'll kind of auto, I'll put them in like a thing that deploys them for me so that I don't have, it's kind of like a nice condom for the internet, you know, because sometimes I'm like, I just don't want to take all this shit on Twitter in. Yeah. yeah. Like my favorite Twitters are like weird Twitter, existential Twitter. Me too. Um, right? Yes. But it's like. It, that's been eclipsed a lot by, by the news. Yeah, by, by the news. By people performing their politics. Yeah. There's been a lot of that. Yeah. Um, Performative Twitter. It's just, it, to me, I don't know, it's kind of corny. Yeah, There's, it's corny. I feel, like, I feel like the big thing is that people want a conversation and they want to be part of a conversation. I remember when Twitter started like 2008 and because I remember being like, this is like the possibility for everyone to have a voice. It's so exciting. People could be writing poems. I felt like really optimistic about it because I, I still think the internet could be that. It's like a chance for people to have a voice. Just think about us starting our Twitter. Yeah. You know, I mean, not that we were, we didn't have a voice in yeah, other Yeah, but we're arenas. not corny. I mean, I can say that confidently. I don't think we started it to, like, teach anybody a lesson. No, we didn't start it knowing that people would like it. Yeah. But it's still, like, there was, like, a platform where we could have a conversation, even if it was just with each True. other. I feel I mean, like— Melissa's Twitter started that way, too, yeah. because, like, who found So Sad Today first, Melissa? Well, the thing about—okay, so what, what I love about the Internet is that I don't like living in a body— don't like it. Mm-hmm. The internet is such a beautiful opportunity to be disembodied. You yeah. can be, I mean, for me as a writer, it's the dream. It's mm-hmm. I can just be a voice yeah. and not a body, um, which is why I don't understand Instagram. Because um, I'm like, <laughs> yeah. I mean, you I, do really well on Instagram. I dream in words, though. I'm like, I don't know what to do. Like, you know, I don't understand Instagram because it's like you post like a hot selfie mm-hmm. and that's the thing that gets the likes. And I'm like, you don't really like this. Like, it doesn't make me happy when I see a hot selfie. It makes me happy when I see, like, you know, an Adidas coffin. So that's the type of I, things I like to bring to Instagram. But um, but in terms of Twitter, you know, I think for me, so sad today, it started, um, I just started in, like, a dark corner of the Internet. I was saying things that I felt that I couldn't say in Waking Life. It was mm. like... I feel like I, I always feel like I'm wearing a mask on the planet. And so it was like I was able to kind of because I had the mask of anonymity on Twitter, I could take off all the other masks. And it had like no followers. I followed like four weird tweeters. And I guess one of them must have retweeted this drivel that I was like <laughs> spewing. And then I don't know the teen teen girls found it um i think like Katy perry and miley cyrus and sky ferreira started retweeting it and i guess that's how like a lot of people found it but it was weird because i so i have this melissa broder twitter and like as a poet i was like curating and like you know (laughs) editing my words and like it's fine it gets some followers and then like so sad today I'm literally like taking a shit in like a dark corner and that's the one that people are like ooh so I feel that way about poems too like the poems that I'm like who cares about this poem end up being like my best poems they're like everybody's yeah. favorite poem not that, everybody that the three people that read my yeah. poems or whatever I think more than three people read your poems <laughs> Can you, since I sometimes think of you as sort of the the queen of romantic obsession, do you have any <laughs> advice to people listening of ways to get over mm. romantic obsession? Well, I talk about that a lot. Okay, so in, in the book So Sad Today, I have multiple chapters. Um, I've had to do a lot of work on it for myself because here's the thing. It's like 
when 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 the suffering eclipses the highs, that you know when like the roller coaster when the dips um, start being more painful than the highs are fruitful, that's when it might be time to pack it in. For me, it was. Yeah, so I guess I'd say read so sad today. This is my I'm like this is the <laughs> plug. This is the plug in. I also have a um a little show that I've been doing. I call it a shod cast because I don't like saying podcast, so it's like a show. It's called Eating Alone in My Car. I love it. I listen to it all the time. You do? So I just eat alone in my car and I talk a lot about romantic obsession because sometimes it's like you're doing fine and then you have a dream. And yeah. you're like fucked. Yeah. You know, like a dream can destroy yes. your life for like four days. Yeah. Okay, here's my my number one piece of advice. Never act from the place of a sex dream. Uh-huh. Like, don't try to like give yourself a couple days before you text anybody. Mm, uh, yeah, I I definitely fall into the trap of that every time. But it's I so guess hard I don't not have to. enough sex dreams. You do because you're having probably <coughs> enough sex. Do you actually dream Whoa. do you dream? Of people like long term obsessions. I do, I do, and I do think that that's true. When I've had people revisit me that I've been obsessed with, and I think I'm over, there is something that happens because clearly I'm not over them if they're coming up. And I do think that as a poet, it's really hard to reconcile like your waking life with the fact that you're so tapped into your unconscious anyway as a poet. So mm-hmm. then when it returns to you and you have no control over it when you're dreaming, it's like when you wake up, you're like, oh fuck. Yeah, I really do love that person. Mm-hmm. So sometimes I feel mad at God in those instances. <laughs> like I'm like, are you kidding? Like I've been doing all this work. I have not. Like I've blocked the number. Right. I have not contacted. Like, what is she thinking? Just like, bringing that person yeah. into your. And then like, and and like I've gone from thinking about the person every day to like once a week. And then I'm like, I'm clean. I'm free. And then the dream is like, and you wake you're up not. and you're just like. And it feels so real. It's like, well, this must be the truth. Mm -hmm. But the thing is, is that, like, if you're high enough, like, you can play Pink Floyd to, like, The Wizard of Oz and it'll (laughs) seem like it fits. Like, we can if we we can make anyone our soulmate in our mind. That's Mm -hmm. very true. Yeah. So if you're high on love juice, you know, the dream, it's like it's it's Midsummer Night's Dream stuff, you know, like Puck sprinkles a little of that shit in your eye and like do not send any texts. <laughs> but do not text poem. Lysander. But write a poem. Definitely write a poem. Maybe don't send it to the person. No, no, no never. No. Do you send poems to people? I mean, I've definitely done that before. <laughs> yeah. I never do. I never do. I can see that you, you know Anne Sexton did. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, she probably she really showed did. showed up at the door. Yeah. It was like, I have a In a robe. <laughs> and the person was like, <laughs> do not inquire. Well, this is so sad today because we are <laughs> going to have to say goodbye to Melissa Berta. We wish she were on the show all the time. Maybe we can have like a repeat performance. Not that you have to come back, but you know, maybe like can a remote just, thing. Do, can, can it just be the three of us always? Yeah. Should we just have this? I'm, I just, yeah. <laughs> this is my favorite one we've done. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, honestly, there's like very few people I genuinely like. So to have two of them in a room is really good. Thank you so much for coming on our podcast. And thank you for just uh, writing the work that you do. We both love your work. Um, And, you know, listeners out there, by the Pisces, amazing novel. So sad today. Great collection of essays. And Melissa's new book, Milk Fed, is going to be out next year. Mm -hmm. 
think we're done for today. So we want to thank Melissa one more time for coming on the show. Thank you, Melissa, so much for being here. It's been such a pleasure to talk to you. This podcast is hosted by me, Dorothy Alaski. And me, Alex Dimitrov. It's produced by Becky Celestina. If you like, subscribe and rate us on your podcast app. Um, you can also call our voicemail at 646-397-7573, and we may play it on a future episode. Or you can also send us a voice memo to astropodcast at macmillan.com. You can also buy our book or our audio book, which we read every word of. And they are both called Astro Poets, Your Guides to the Zodiac. They're both out now. They are already out. So go to astropoetsbook.com for more information. And you can also follow us on Twitter at Poet Astrologers. For more information about Macmillan's other shows, go to macmillanpodcast.com. Thank you for listening, and we will be back in two weeks. See you soon. Maxine Green, our Capricorn queen, says, I am forever on the way.